0: Join me as we go to the Lord in word of prayer this morning. Father, we are here because we have seen the light, because we realize our hope that we have in you, because we know, Father, that through your gift and your sacrifice we have life and life eternal. And Lord, because we realize that we have the opportunity and the challenge. To share the good news with the world around us. Lord, in these few moments this morning, as you inspire us by song, Lord, challenge us through your word. Stir our hearts, Father, that we might touch the hearts of others with the good news that we have to share. Guide us in our journey as we seek to send missionaries around this world. And guide us in our efforts as we seek to represent you in the little world in which we live. We thank you, Lord, for your blessings. and We ask for your guidance this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. He had been given the part of the innkeeper. He was the biggest, had the strongest voice. He was one of those kids whose voice had already changed at about ten. You, you know the picture. And so the scene began, and Mary and Joseph, they made their way, and finally they came to his door, to the inn, and they knocked. And he said, there's no room in the inn. You can almost hear that loud voice from that little fella. Then he said, I say, there's no room in the inn. Then about that time, little Mary and Joseph, they turned, and they head away he can't stand it. Because though he was big and he had a man's voice, he had the heart of an angel. And as the tears began to whelp up in his eyes in the midst of the play, he says, Oh, y'all, come on back. You can have my room. You can imagine that some said he just roared to play. But maybe the rest of them realized he made it. Compassion. What is this concept of compassion? What it was it about Jesus that made us love Him so? It was His capacity that He revealed the compassion of God. That I always heard about the power of God and the greatness of God. But when the Lord came to earth, God revealed a side to God that so many times everyone had missed. The compassion of God. The loving and the caring heart of God who moves one to action. I want to talk to you this morning about the hands and the feet of God. You see, as we take a moment and look at the compassion of Jesus, we need to stop and realize that you and I are the hands and the feet of God. And just as He revealed compassion to the world, we're to reveal compassion to the world. How do we become His hands and His feet? What do we see about Him that so inspires us? I want to pick up, first of all, in the 15th chapter of Matthew. They'll put it on the screen for us. Matthew 15, verses 30 through 32. It says, great crowds came to Him, bringing the lame and the blind and the crippled and the mute and and many others, and they laid them at His feet, and He healed them. Compassion of our Lord. The story goes on to tell us that finally, when Jesus had taught them on that mountainside, it had now been three days. And I want to pick up. Listen as I pick up in verse 32. Jesus called his disciples to him and he said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry or they may collapse along the way. Now you know this story as well as I do. You know how Jesus feeds them. You know how he takes the the little bit of bread and the little bit of fish and how he multiplies it and meets their need. But I want us to think on one simple thought here. Jesus saw the hungry and he cared. Our Lord always cares. In our country, 8 out of 10 people are hungry, women and children. I was astounded when I read the statistics that 40% of the people that go hungry in the United States is children. Our Lord saw and cared. You know, every time we, we go to the mall to buy something, there's somebody out there with a kettle doing their service. Sometimes you need to stop and think, you know, where's that going? What kind of needs is that going to meet? I have to be reminded from time to time, Jesus sees the hungry and he cares. I'll be honest with you, I don't have a lot of patience with a grown man that won't work. But I can't stand to see a kid go hungry, can you? Jesus had compassion Jesus saw the hungry and he cared. Jesus saw the hurting. In the book of Luke in the 7th chapter, just a couple of quick illustrations before we move forward this morning. In the 7th chapter of the book of Luke, Jesus is coming into town. A funeral procession is going on. The story tells us that the woman here had just lost her only son. Her husband's already dead and gone. This is the only person in the world she has left. Verse 13 of the 7th chapter. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her. The word is, he had compassion. You know the story. Jesus took her hand, took that child's, that young man's hand and told him, Arise and he came back to life. Jesus saw the hurting and was touched. Now you and I can't do that. But we can touch the hurting. We can reach out to people who have a need and touch their life and care. Teenagers, I'm going to tell you something. There are kids at school that are hurting. Nobody likes them. Nobody notices them. Nobody cares about them. They are a square peg in a round world. And they are hurting. And maybe the most Christian and Christ-like thing you can do is to show compassion. You don't have to make them your best friend. But sometimes just to be nice to the person that feels like nobody cares. It's one of the most Christ-like things we can do. Jesus saw the hurting and he reached out and he touched When Jesus saw the outcast, he reached out to her. It was close to the end of our Lord's ministry and he had to go north. They never went through Samaria when they went north because that's where the Samaritans lived and they didn't like them. It was unusual. They would go all the way around Samaria, out of their way, and then go north. Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, and the term in the language literally said, I must needs go through Samaria. There was a reason for it. Because there in Samaria, by a whale, Jesus was about to reach out to an outcast. Somebody the world didn't care about. Somebody the world didn't want to care about. A woman there whose immoral life had made her an outcast. You know the story. It's history. He led her to to salvation. And she became the missionary of Samaria. Jesus saw the outcast and reached out. In Matthew chapter 20, one little quick story. Jesus is coming into town and there are two blind men sitting there. The word goes ahead of them that Jesus is coming. They can't see him, but they hear it, and they know it. And as Jesus is nearing by, and they realize it because of the sound of the crowd, they begin to call out to him. Jesus stopped, and they said, "Shh, shh, don't mess with the master. And he said, what can I do for you? What do you need? Oh, Lord, that we might see. Now, folks, if that's not faith, I don't know what faith is. There are blind men in our world today. Doctors can't help, they can't fix, and they can't repair. 2,000 years later, most of the time, that blindness is not something we can stop or change. And yet these men believed Jesus could. And he reached out and he touched their life and he changed their world. You say, Brother Ken, I see how I can help the hungry. I see how I can reach out to the hurting. I see how I can care about and be kind to the outcast. But, but Brother Ken, I can't do anything for the blind. Well, we might not physically help the blind of sight. But we can help the blind of spirit who have never heard of our Savior. And who are blind to the salvation that they can have. As the hands and feet of God, there is a love within you that needs to be shared. As the hands and feet of God, there is a love within you that mustn't be stifled. In chapter 9 of the book of Romans, I want to share something with you quickly. I'm sorry, chapter 10, not 9, but chapter 10. In verse 11, it had said, And anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. In verse 14 and 15 of chapter 10, How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one in whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching or sharing with them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. Have you ever seen a pretty set of feet? Have you? You know, I've seen a lot of feet, uh, especially at the beach. But I've yet to see what I would call a pretty set of feet. Of all the bodily parts that we've got, feet just don't top my list. Do they yours? And yet, Scripture says how beautiful the feet of those who... What does that mean, kids? That means how beautiful it is, a person who brings to you the good news of how to be saved and go to heaven. Boy, they're worth seeing coming, aren't they? Sometimes we have patients and they say, I've had the best care. The nurse that's that's helped me, they've been so attentive and so caring. And, And how much it's meant to me. How beautiful are the feet that has brought that care, so to speak. You follow me? You and I, everyone in this room that's a Christian, are the hand and feet of God. God shares salvation through you. Not just a preacher. I can't touch them all. Even on the radio, I can't touch them all. But you and I, you become those extended arms for the Lord in your world. You have, if you will, a love that mustn't be stifled. We cannot isolate ourselves from the past. Some of us have to make peace with the past. You see, you say, Brother Ken, I I can't show that love because you don't know what I've done. People have seen some bad things happen in my life. The devil taps you on the shoulder and says, man, you can't do anything. You've messed up. I'm going to tell you something. The greatest disciple in Scripture to share gospel had 3,000 people to Christ in one service. His name was Peter, and he was a list of mess-ups. He had the record on mess up. But God still used his life because he made a commitment to do the best he could. Some of us need to return to the Lord of our past. We used to read the Bible, but we quit. We used to teach a Sunday school class, but we're not interested anymore. We used to talk to others about Jesus or do our daily prayers. Some of us need to return to the Lord of the past so that our love will not be silenced but expressed to a world around us. We cannot isolate ourselves from the present. Everything we do affects the world around us. We don't live in a little glass bubble that what I do don't really matter. I can't tell you through the years how many grown men that are away from God or or doesn't know the Lord has said to the wife, you just take the kids, honey, and go on to church. I thank God they let them go. But I'm going to tell you something, buddy. Your life matters too. It matters. And you can't separate yourself from your family and from your kids. We cannot isolate ourselves in the present. We can't live on yesterday's glory or tomorrow's promises. Sometimes our enthusiasm dies. Paul said to young Timothy, stir up the gift that's in you. In short, your kids need you to see Jesus in your life and in my life right now. Not yesterday, but right now we cannot isolate ourselves from the future we must not live as though our decisions do not matter because they have long term results someone wrote a little poem it went like this your life shall touch a dozen lives before this day is done leave countless marks of good or ill ere the setting sun this the wish i always wish the prayer i always pray Lord, may our life help other lives it touches along the way. Right now. The hands and feet of God. We cannot isolate ourselves. There's a love within you that mustn't be silenced. There's a message that's been entrusted. But secondly, there is, if you will, as the hands and feet of God, there's a prayer within you that mustn't be ignored. We must pray for God's power to overcome the temptations of every day and for His vision to see the opportunities that God brings our way. Folks, without prayer, we're useless. I read some years ago about one of those great big Christmas parades And Standard Oil had a great, big, beautiful flower-covered float in the parade. And they're just going right on down through the parade. You know how it goes. And all of a sudden, that thing stopped. They had to tow it out of the parade road. Do you know what went wrong with it? It ran out of gas. Standard Oil. I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of Christians God has to toe off the side because we've run out of prayer. You follow me? Prayer is what empowers us. Without it, you're not going to do much for the kingdom of God. James says, you have not because you ask not. Most of our poverty, both spiritually and morally, is a result of Prayerlessness. We are not prepared for daily life. We step on the battlefield of life prayerless and unprepared for what Satan will throw our way. We need God's help. We can't do it on our own. As the hands and feet of God, there is a prayer within you that mustn't, mustn't be ignored. A nightmare struck him couldn't sleep. It was horrible. He was just driving the car when a little kid ran out in front of him and he hit it. Would that wake you up in the middle of the night? It'd wake me up. He tried to go back to sleep and he couldn't. He did what he had learned to do in his Christian life. He knelt beside the side of his bed and he said, God, I don't know why this has troubled me so much. I don't know why this nightmare is bothering me so bad. But, oh, Lord, please don't let this become a reality. And he talks to God and he asks God. A couple of days later, he's driving in the carpool. They headed down a city street, him and three of his riders going to work. As they're going down that little city street, they're on the way to work, they're talking, carrying on like all of, all do in carpools, if you've ever rode in one of those things. And all of a sudden he just slams on the brakes. Passengers are kind of thrown forward, they're shocked, they're angry, they're frustrated. There's nothing there. And at just about the time they get ready to chew on him for bad driving, a little toddler wanders out in the street right in front of the car where it just stopped. Mother grabs it by the arm and carries it back. He says, I will know all of my life. I will remember all of my life when the Holy Spirit of God convicted my heart. Hit the brakes. God had answered his prayer. There are battles which you and I will fight every day. There are premonitions sometimes God gives us. And when they come, folks, we better get up and get on our knees and talk to God. Because he's trying to prepare us for a battle that lays ahead. As the hands and feet of God, there's a prayer within you mustn't be ignored. We need to get in the habit of believers in just putting today and tomorrow in the hands of God. It don't have to be an hour. It may be 45 seconds but talk to God about it. For you are the hands and feet of God and there are things God wants to do in your life and through your life. He prayed for his five friends Throughout his life, one he prayed for for five years before he became a believer. George Mueller prayed for a second for 10 years and he saw him saved. He had a third friend. He said, I prayed for him 25 years and God answered my prayer. And number four, it was 52 years George Mueller was almost gone when he saw him come to Christ. That was another friend he prayed for all of his life till he went to be with the Lord. But when he died, his fifth buddy for which he had prayed had not made a trusting decision for Christ. But history records several months after the death of George Mueller, number five found his way to Jesus. There is a prayer within you. That mustn't be silenced. Guys don't give up. Don't quit. God hears. And we set the wheels of heaven in motion. In response to our prayers. One last thought. As the hand and feet of God. There's a message entrusted to us. That must be shared. I'm going to ask you something. If you were a Scientist. And you discovered the cure from some disease. Would you be excited? Would you be excited that you had some good news to share? I found it. I found the chemical composition that works. Why, we'd be excited out of our mind. I'm going to tell you something. You have found the answer to eternity. You know the equation. Of how a man can from step from this life to the next and go and be with God. You know the equation of how a man can be forgiven of all the wrong they've ever done, and God can clean their heart, can clean their life, and can change their attitude. The Bible calls it the good news. And you know it. And guys, that's what it is, it's good news to share. All men are lost in their sin and stand condemned before a holy God. But God in his love has sent his son Jesus to die on the cross. And as they place their faith in him, they find eternal life. That's the good news. There's a lie out there that we have to clarify. Good works won't get you to heaven. We've got to silence that one. There's a second lie out there that we need to silence. And that is that we've got plenty of time. Do we? But there is a truth that must be revealed. And that's that Jesus has already paid the debt. If we'll ask him to forgive us of our sins and come into our life. You are the hands and the feet of God. Our Lord was the compassionate Christ. We are to be his compassionate disciples. Jesus saw the hungry and he cared. He saw the hurting and he touched. He saw the outcast and he reached out. And he saw the blind and he gave sight. We can give the sight of the message of salvation to all who will believe. Dwight Moody was one of the great evangelists of history of another century. Moody Bible Institute is one of the great places of learning in Chicago today. But Mr. Moody was unlearned and uneducated. One of his great crusades, he had shared the gospel and a young man came up to him afterwards. And he said, Mr. Moody, you made 18 grammatical mistakes in your presentation tonight. Young man, he said, I have used tonight all the grammar I know for Jesus. Have you? We may not be geniuses. We may not know all the Bible. But are we using what we got? To be the hands and the feet of Jesus. Jesus saw the hungry. He saw the hurting. He saw, if you will, the outcast. And he saw those that were blind that needed to see their way to heaven. I hope and pray God will challenge us this morning. Because you see, guys, we're in this together. And we have a wonderful good news to share. Let's go, to the Lord, in a word of prayer. Oh Father, be with us. Be with us, Father, as we try to represent you well in our world. Oh Lord, we love you. We thank you for the gift of baby Jesus and Christmas and all that it means. Lord, help us to give a gift to the world as we become your hand and feet to share a message of hope with our children and our grandchildren and our co-workers and our friends. And Father, even the kid around us who thinks nobody cares, help us to give the message, the good news of Jesus. In your name, Lord, we pray.